0: My sermon message today is entitled, Living Transparently. It's a little bit harder than it sounds, although maybe you must understand that. But I want to talk about living transparently. I want to begin with 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. It says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Listen, no one, including God, expects us to be perfect. We are all going to make mistakes. I'll be the first one to admit it that I do. That's how we mature and grow. By admitting our mistakes and by learning from them. Through God's grace, we continue on a path of becoming more like Jesus in life as we live transparently before God. Yet the thing that trips up more people than anything is not just uh, committed sins, but pride that prevents people from admitting sins in order to be forgiven and redeemed and allow God to mold us for His purpose. You see, if I go to God and now God can forgive me anything, I know He can redeem me from anything, if I don't tell Him what's wrong, there's nothing I'm giving God to work with. And so we need to get to the place where we're willing to be transparent, number one, before God, so God can heal us and change us and redeem us for His purpose. Amen. There are some great spiritual truths regarding how we are to respond to our sins or to our shortcomings so that we can present ourselves approved to God. If we merely follow these godly steps and rightly divide the word of truth, as the Scripture tells us, we have no need to be ashamed. See, to go blameless before God and to not be ashamed, it does not mean you have to be perfect. All of us are going to make mistakes. But what we do need to go is to go before God and admit when we've done something wrong. And all of us do. What the Bible tells us that all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. Okay, That's why we need Jesus. In short, there is no path to holiness, even when we mess up, as long as, long as we follow the steps that God has given us to return to right standing with Him. And so I want to begin with a couple of steps, and I believe that I have not have always been fully taught. First of all, 1 John one nine says this, it's a promise from God and one of the greatest promises from God. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now it doesn't say if you have sins and you confess. God already understands that we all have sin. We all sin because we have a sinful nature. But He says if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from guilt and shame and impure thoughts and all unrighteousness. So first, we must acknowledge that we all sin in word or thought or deed. No human being is immune. So naturally, if we all sin, we all should admit that we've messed up and confess our sins willingly and continually to God. That's why in our services we often have a time of reflection or a song of reflection where God might be still working on our hearts through the message and in that reflection we just say, God, forgive me. I've messed up. And guess what God says? You're forgiven. As far as the east is from the west, I've removed your sin from you. But we need to be continually examining ourselves and going before God. The great truth here is that God promises that if we confess our sins to Him, take ownership of our shortcomings, Without excuses, then He will forgive us and cleanse our minds and hearts from all unrighteousness. How many people like when you just you're all dirty and grimy? You take a shower, a bath, you come out sparkling clean. That's what confession is. It's not a it's not a time where God's going to shame us or condemn us or you should have done you should have known better. It's I'm clean because God has forgiven me. That's what repentance and confession is all about. This is His amazing grace. He knows that we will sin. And so he expects us to admit our sin and come to him to be forgiven and cleansed. However, the enemy of our soul, the devil, does not want you to be freed from the condemnation of your sin. And so some things will rise up and tell you, don't confess your sin. One of those things is pride, which tells you not to admit your sin because it makes you weak. Have you ever heard that voice before? Don't it, whether you've listened to it or not, don't admit your sin. Don't admit your wrongdoing because it makes you weak. Guess what? That voice is not from God. It's from the enemy. And he speaks it to all of us whether you listen to it or not. Also, there is fear that also rises and prevents you from admitting, admitting sin, telling that, telling you that if you admit sin, you will be judged. You will be judged by God and you will be judged by others, so don't admit that you did anything wrong. That's a voice from the enemy. It comes to all of us whether you listen to it or not. But the first step to growing and learning and progressing on our path to be approved to God is simply coming to Him with an open heart, living transparently, and confessing our sin. Again, God already knows we sin. He says we're going to sin. And so He expects us to come to Him and admit our sin. And when we don't, then God knows something's wrong. So we should be willingly coming continually to God. We confess our sins to God to be forgiven. And we all need to be forgiven continually. However, I want to state this. This is only the first step. And if we don't proceed to the next step, we remain stunted in our growth and we fall into the habit of repeating the same sin over and over again. And over. Why is it that Christians, and I'll put myself in the same thing. I'm not preaching to you, I'm preaching to me every time I'm up here. Why is it that sometimes we repeat the same sin over and over and over? Why can't we get a breakthrough on that? It's because we don't always follow the second step, which is not always taught in the church with in, in, co-op, in cooperation with this first verse. You see, sometimes we may even fall into the false trap of assuming that I can just keep asking God for forgiveness so it's not urgent that I stop sinning. It's another voice from the enemy. Don't worry about it. Just ask for forgiveness. God will forgive you. That's all over the media today. You can do whatever you want because God will forgive you. It's not what the Bible says. Yes, He will forgive us, but we need to, when, we, when we repent, we need to change and ask God for help to change. All sin separates us from God. It wounds our soul and it hardens our heart. But sin also affects our ability to hear from God, to respond to the Holy Spirit's promptings, and to stand in faith to pray. And so if I've sinned and I've, and I've not dealt with that, then I have a hard time going to God and asking for something because my sin condemns me. The difficult thing about sin is not only does it separate you from God, but it keeps you from God because it condemns you and says, as a Christian, you shouldn't have sinned. And so that condemnation of the sin keeps you from going to the very One who can forgive you of your sin. That's why sin is so dangerous. Therefore, we must take all sin very seriously and do all we can to avoid it and do not make a habit of sinning continually. So we must understand this progression. The first step is that we all must confess our sins to God to be forgiven. Understand that? The second step is overlooked far too often by people who wonder why their faith is not stronger than it currently is. Here's the second step. It's in James 5, verse 16. It says, "...confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effect of prayer of a righteous man avails much." Here's the second step of this truth. We confess our sins to God to be forgiven, but... We confess our sins to one another when we've sinned against them to be healed. So therefore you have many people who are forgiven but not healed, and so they continue to operate in that same sin or that same stronghold, that same temptation over and over again. We need to confess our sins to one another if we've sinned against them in order to be healed. Too often we stop merely at confessing our sins to God but failed to confess our sins to one another when we sin against them. When we sin against others in word or thought or action, we are commanded to confess our sins to our Christian brothers and sisters. And likewise, when someone acknowledges their sin and confesses it to us, we are to forgive them and pray for them. So that they can be healed. We've been given the opportunity, the ministry of reconciliation. When people confess their sins to us, we are to forgive them. Why is there so much sin in the body of Christ and in the lives of Christians today? It's because we stop short of confessing our sins to each other when we have wronged each other. And instead, people say, Well, I've already confessed it to God. I don't need to make it right with this person. Wrong. It's hard. But if we truly love each other like we love ourselves, then we will go the extra step to make it right. Like I said, I have made many mistakes here. I will make many more mistakes. When we go to one another, we have to forgive them and we have to admit it with one another. That's how the body of Christ functions. We are a body. We go to God to be forgiven. We go to one another to be healed. And our body desires to be healed so that we can fulfill God's purpose in this world. Amen? Whether it's pride or fear or doubt or shame or ignorance, our biggest challenge in life is not another political party. Our biggest challenge is not another person. Our biggest challenge is not a disease or the economy our biggest challenge is ourselves because we have a sinful nature in all of us. As a body, we have stunted our growth and cannot walk in the full authority of Christ because we have not continually taken the courageous step to confess our sins to others that we may be healed. The entire body of Christ is in need of healing right now. Every one of us. Yet the reason that it's so hard to confess our sins to others is because it seldom happens. I work in a middle school. I deal with kids all the time and kids don't like to admit they're wrong, but guess what? Neither do adults. Right? We have pride. We have fear. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But unless we admit it, we can't be healed. We can't be forgiven. And so God is calling all of us to live transparently so He can heal us and redeem us for His purpose. Think about it. Since we all sin, we should all be expected that we would be conf- confessing our sins a lot more if we truly desired to be approved to God and we're rightly dividing the Word of Truth. However, it's not a common, cir- a common occurrence in most circles to confess to others even though it should be. We are commanded to confess our sins to each other. We are commanded to pray for one another. Not prayers like, God, I pray that You would speak truth to them they would get it right. No. Prayers like, God, I pray that You would bless that person. I pray that You would surround them with loving people. I pray that You would bless their finances. I pray that You would uh, bless their family. God already knows what He needs to do in that person's life. We don't need to tell God what God should do in that person's life. We need to pray Unconditional prayers that God would bless that person and then God can move through us to bless them as well. That's part of the forgiveness process. Sorry, sometimes I get very passionate and I speak too fast. One thing I've noticed when I listen to my sermons online, sometimes I speak too fast. I apologize for that. Will you forgive me? Thank you. <laughs> we are commanded to forgive one another so that we can be healed. This is what it means to be a Christian. To love God and to love others. We confess our sins to others to be healed. We all need healing. So the question remains, do you desire to be healed? 2 Corinthians 8.12, one of my favorite verses. I use it all the time when I'm counseling people. 2 Corinthians 8.12 8, says this, For if there is first a willing mind... It is accepted according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. What does that mean? It means that God does not expect you to have all the answers. It doesn't matter if you don't know why you sinned. It doesn't matter if you don't know how long you've been sinning. It doesn't even matter if you don't know how to stop sinning. That doesn't matter. All that matters right now is that you are willing to admit your sin. And willing to admit that you messed up. Willing willing to admit that you need help when you don't know how to go forward from here. If you can't give God your holiness, then give Him your willingness. To begin your healing process, you must give God your willingness so that He has something to work with. Something to redeem. Something to change into His glory. If we truly call ourselves Christians, We must be willing to come to Him, stay submitted to His leading, and trust Him to heal us and to change us and to make us become more like Jesus. But there are some people, if they are honest, that would say, okay, what if I'm not willing to change? What if I'm addicted to this sin? What if I like to sin too much? Then I would say, if you can't give God your willingness... Then give God your honesty first. But don't just stop there. God has an answer for you as well if you submit to Him and trust Him. There are some great truths that are in the Bible that we don't, oh, we kind of skip over sometimes and don't realize they're there. This is one of them. It's in Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 and says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. God works in you both to will and to do. In other words, God gives you the will to want to do something, and then He gives you the ability to do it. So if you don't have the motivation yet, then begin your prayer with this verse and ask God to give you the will to change. I was counseling someone several years ago who could not stop smoking. And they kept condemning themselves because so they couldn't stop smoking. And I said, that's okay. Stand on this verse and say, God, even while you're smoking a cigarette, Stand in this verse and say, God, give me the will to want to stop smoking. Don't condemn yourself. Eventually God gave that person the will and eventually that person, God gave that person the ability to stop smoking. Too many times we stand in condemnation because we don't want to do it, but this verse says, God will give me the will first, so I'm going to ask for the will. I'm going to ask for God to make sin be such a bad taste in my mouth that I don't want to do it. Then I can continue on the next steps to get help from God. Ask the Holy Spirit to convict you of your sin and cause you to turn to God for help. Ask God to make sin be that bad taste in your mouth so that you have the need need needed desire to stop sinning, to stop justifying your behavior, and to confess your sins to God to be forgiven. Then fully commit yourself to the body of Christ so that we can all heal together. This church is not made of a bunch of perfect people. It's a bunch of people who sin because we have a sinful nature, but we submit to God and to one another so that we can be healed and be the power of the of Jesus in this earth. We learn together. We advance the kingdom of God in the earth today. How do we do this? The answer is right here in the next verse. Get ready for it because it's hard. Philippians 2, verse 14. What's that? That's not hard. That is hard, right? Remember, God gives you the will to do But then here's how to do it: Do all things without complaining and disputing. I mess up on this, right? We do. We all need to understand and accept that life's not fair, right? Get over it. You ever heard that before? What my dad used to say was, "Suck it up, Buttercup." You know, life's not fair. Okay, we need to understand that God allows challenges in our lives to produce holiness in us when we get to the place where we're not complaining and not disputing and not whining and not standing in offense, then we come to the place where we say, the world cannot touch me. I fully trust in God and I am committed to serving Him and others. This is the goal that God has for all of us because it fulfills two great commandments. To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love others as yourself. But you can only get to this place if you submit to God in all things, refusing to let the enemy get a hook into you. And you will find that very, very few people are able to do this consistently. This is why this next verse is so true. Because if you refuse to complain and argue and dispute, then you will stand out from the world, right? There's a lot of complaining going on all over the world and on the news and social media. But if you do this by the power of God, you're going to stand out from the world. So let's look at the next verse. "...that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God, without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation," here we go, "...among whom you shine as light in the world." Everybody talks about being a light. But the truth is that there are more microphones than lights. lights don't make sound they just allow allow the power to flow through them to shine their light in the darkness the way that we become that contrast that light in the darkness is to refuse to complain dispute argue but rather instead, just use our energy to trust God and submit to Him. If you want to complain to anybody, go into your quiet room and complain to God. God's big enough to handle your anger. He gave you that anger to let you know if your needs have not been met. But let's stop complaining in society. I'm speaking to myself as well. Let's trust God so that we can become that contrast so that we can be a light that this world needs right now. Amen? God is the power that works through us to bring healing and peace and love to others. Look around you. Darkness is trying to encroach on all sides. God needs a few more lights in this world to shine for Him. Can He count on you? Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the truth in Your Word. And even when it's hard to hear God, we know it's from You that You bring it to us to change us to make us more like You. God, I repent for the times that I have messed up, that I have blown it in word and thought and deed. I repent for the times that I have messed up in trying to lead this church. God, forgive all of us as we come to You living transparently before You. I ask You to change us and to heal us and to forgive us and to redeem us and then use us to be a healing agent in this world. We thank You for calling us the body of Christ and for calling us Your family. May You bless us as we continue to lift up Your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.